All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the ZZX Digital slash ZZX Digital. One day I will make a decision as to one of those. Uh, I am Jacob, as always, and we have Kyle on once again. As mean? always, yeah, yeah, as always. We 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 have talked about we have talked about getting some other people on, some other uh, industry friends, uh, mar- specifically like automotive marketing people on. Yeah, and I so, think we should do that in the next couple uh, couple of episodes, and then maybe branch out from there now that we have a little bit more of a structure to what we're doing here and yeah i'm wondering like do we still get them do we still do the same news cycle thing i i don't know let us know yeah let us know yeah you exactly. guys decide we'll do whatever people want to listen to exactly uh so yeah this week what we're going to talk about uh i just got back from norway so we're going to go over that pretty uh, i mean we'll we'll go over it as much as we need to um the next one is instagram's chief says photos will get more focus in the app in 2023 so all Great my news. photography friends <laughs> yeah. yes all my photography oh my friends God. it's you, you, there's like help is on the way yeah light at the end um, of the tunnel yeah uh f1 livery launches i think we want to go about some cool things that we've noticed there's some big news in there are they just like a pr scam what is it i think we'll go into that uh and then is this year the hardest year to get sponsored i, I would say at least in recent memory um i mean at least since i've been doing it, it. appears that way <laughs> appears that way so we're, we're gonna go into it we're gonna talk a little bit about it some things that we're seeing working not working some interesting stuff we talked about it on previous shows but hopefully we have a couple more answers we can help you guys out a little bit more so uh let's kick it off with norway so got back from norway last week we are recording this on super bowl sunday because because we don't watch football <laughs> yeah. uh i was supposed to be recording an fd podcast tonight and then both myself and the guest well more, more the guests realized that it was super bowl sunday yeah so that got pushed uh so we're doing this now but uh yeah got back from norway to give you guys like the high level overview it's a very niche marketing term right there um <laughs> <laughs> we use way too often uh flew over with jonathan uh went to go see simon met a whole bunch of people there the idea basically was to spend as much time as we could ice drifting couple things happened that cut down on some of that time so we can get into this i'm not gonna i don't want to like shit on jonathan but uh so so definitely broke a lot of things i'm I'm, you know becoming friendly with him and we're going we're back and forth a little bit on uh on messenger and when he was over there you know i asked how it was going and he just sent back i broke things (laughs) it's like yeah sounds about right yeah, so we, we flew in, we got there on the Monday, uh, kind of hung out, played some disc golf. Uh, we landed in like the most southern tip of Norway, Christiansand is Christiansen, I'm sure I'm butchering pronunciations. <laughs> it's where we were. There's like no snow, it was just raining. It looked, you know, kind of like British Columbia, like uh northwest area. And then made our way up, uh, had a BMW, it's like an E36, but it's a they call it the compact. compact right? So it's like yeah, yeah, it's like a two-door hatch kind of thing. It's it's weird. Uh, and then Simon's got his Mark IV Supra. It's NA. Don't worry, all of you two JZ <laughs> purists. Like we're, anyways, not ruining um, a, a factory turbo car. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's definitely. I wouldn't say it's ruined, but it's definitely beaten up. I saw pictures. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we we drove what three four hours ish to northern. I can't remember the name of the the ice track, but essentially it was rented out during the day by Porsche to take like driver, like people who buy Porsches on a Porsche experience. So we could only drive between four and I think 10 PM, which wasn't that bad. Like it's, it's actually, you know, if you've ever done a track day where you're like the only people there, that's a lot of time. time. Yeah. Like four hours on the track, even if there's only like six or eight people, like that's a lot because one, you get tired, like physically tired, but yeah, you break stuff. (laughs) Yeah. The longer you drive, the more stuff you break. Sorry. And, and for me, I get nauseous. Like that's, that's the thing as a passenger filming, oh, I get brutal. nauseous really quick. Yeah. It's, it, I think it has to do with like a lot of the time the camera's turned. So I'm, I'm moving this way and like kind of this way, like off, you know, obviously drifting and the lens is, is pointing towards the driver. So I'm seeing that go this, like, it just, yeah, it's, it definitely, it definitely fucks with you. So I got over it pretty quick cause I kind of forced my way through it. Uh, I might have yacked a little bit in the snowbank <laughs> to just kind of, I mean, get that done, get it out of your system, right? <laughs> Hopefully near the beginning. Yeah. So it was good. Uh, I mean, it was what was really interesting for me is somebody who I had I hadn't drifted at all last year. I have drifted on the ice before. 
Uh, these were like bigger than normal road studs. So if you live in a place where you have road studs, these were a little bit more aggressive, uh, but they're not like full WRC studs. Yeah, probably somewhere um, in between, right? Yeah, so we were doing, I mean, 80 to 100K, 50, 60 miles an hour in a lot of places. Technical track, a couple of big sweepers. I struggled a lot with like getting in deep, but the the interesting thing was just seeing like Simon and Jonathan and then like comparing myself in the same piece of equipment <laughs> yeah and immediately understanding why they're professionals why professionals are professionals yeah <laughs> oh my god it's just like i had to i did like actually take a minute to not get discouraged because i was immediately like oh like why am i even here right and they were they were great they're like it, they're both like get in the car like drive 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 i'm like yeah no, no i'm here for you guys like i'm feeling like no no get in the car so that part was amazing, like a huge props to them for that. Um, but yeah, it, so we got that night in and then literally, you know, you never say this, oh, we're just going to do one last lap, right? Yeah. So it was uh, Jonathan um, chasing one of Simon's buddies and uh, he was in the Supra, he's a young kid, 17 years old. I highly recommend take a look. I'll, I'll throw like all of his, um, his Instagram stuff. His name's Evan. Or Seems Yvonne, like or he can really drive. <laughs> Dude, the kid can shred, man. It was it was incredible. Like he picked it up, never being on this track before. Like, I mean, he he outdrove me first lap. That doesn't say much, but like he was keeping up, tandeming with Jonathan, not a problem. Um, so it was it was crazy. So yeah, Jonathan was following behind and and just weird transition into a corner, and Jonathan throws it into a snowbank. I bet you doing probably 50 miles an hour and goes right into it. And normally there's like a little skid plate to kind of help the car because you want to ramp up onto the snowbank and not dig into it. Um, and what we found out is that Simon had made it out of what was basically industrial tinfoil. Okay. It was so way it, too, that's what the message I got was that it was very thin sheet metal was, and it did absolutely yeah. nothing but cause more damage. No, it was basically like, you know, that metal that goes around your muffler. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. Um, so basically that, and then what ended up happening is it pushed the rad back in and then put the oh, no. uh, expansion tank into the belt and then the belt cut a hole in the expansion tank so anders another guy who um cruised for simon's a spotter he was there as well with another bmw uh he blew an axle couldn't really find one so we just made the decision to to basically go back um take the drive back and then either go to another track that allows the big studs or field drifting which is exactly what it sounds like farmer's yeah. field but it's like up and down that around sounds, trees it's that really sounds cool. right up my alley i saw a couple of videos i think you sent me one with the 360 cam of of the little jump they had there and yeah i was very much jealous because yeah it was they were sending it. it was yeah it was it was crazy um but yeah the big ice track unfortunately uh because of the warm weather thanks global warming i'm just kidding <laughs> i i mean i'm not gonna get in that debate anyways <laughs> It, it has been an unseasonably warm winter. They didn't open the tracks. So we couldn't do the big studs. So we went out and did the farm drifting instead. Uh, Simon took Jonathan out in another BMW uh, for like a rip around to show him what it's like. Jonathan hops in 30 seconds later, just and it was out of oil. And Jonathan no <laughs> spun way. a bearing. Yeah, like 30 seconds into driving, spun a bearing. <laughs> I mean... Usually those engines are pretty stout, but I guess, <laughs> I guess we kept driving it. Dude, yeah. we drove it on a spun bearing for another at least hour um, because nobody they, at that point, they're like, we're not going to rebuild. We'll just get another engine for 200 yeah, bucks. Exactly. Pop it in. So there was other cars. Um, we we drove a bunch. Um, very similar. I realized I'm not that great. What was interesting, though, is I was in probably the quickest car and then Jonathan was in one of the slower cars and I was leading and he just wanted to chase and just banged. And like, I mean, we're lit like banging doors like yeah, we're smoking doors uh and yeah he just kept up the whole time and he's like no it was great like you're unpredictable you're not you're not good like i'm not so he's like it, it was very difficult to chase but it kept me on my toes and i'm like oh cool so which is probably good practice for somebody like that because it it's just it keeps you on your toes where it's not just like okay you know, I'm sure you saw it a bunch and I've seen in the footage with him and Simon where they'll get into a corner. They set and they're just sitting there oh, like perfect. Yeah. Whereas chasing somebody who's unpredictable, <laughs> you know, you have to adapt quickly. You're constantly yeah. kicking the clutch and grabbing that handbrake, which is. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like at the higher levels of FD, it's it's great because, you know, it's 
it's not that the person in front of you is unpredictable. It's just that you have to be so close to them at all times. You're making all those micro adjustments. So, and what, and what I've realized like for me chasing is I just don't have the speed. I just don't have the, 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 um, the instinct as to when I need to grab like a handbrake and when I need to. Yeah. And then they were testing out other things like, uh, slowing in the chase with the handbrake. So just like not clutch in handbraking, but like slowing the car down, like still on, I'm assuming like still on throttle, but like kind of just controlling the, bringing wheel, the speed wheel speed with, down. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was interesting. They were trying a bunch of different techniques. Um, I mean, that's was, the time to try really it, cool. right? It's very low risk. Yeah. So altogether amazing trip. Um, we did do some filming stuff there. We did some stuff with some sponsors there. Um, I don't know. I guess we can talk about it. So ASD handbrake company, uh, that, that we started working with, uh, they sponsor Simon already. So it worked out well, they shipped some handbrakes. We did some install stuff. We shot a bunch of stuff of their handbrakes in action. So it worked out well. And then there's another deal that we're working on with for Simon, uh, another European company. So we wanted to do some stuff to kind of show them what we're able to do, uh, just as we're in negotiations with them. So, and then just in general to have a fucking awesome time. Yeah. You were gone for what, a, a about a week almost. Yeah. It was like a week and two days just with the, like basically two travel days. We, we almost had a full week of, of just driving, um, or just being in Norway, which was nice. Nice. So yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a good time. Uh, made a whole bunch of cool content on my own TikTok, And then we ended up basically resharing that we were, I was kind of testing some things about like what happens creating content in tiktok sharing to instagram different ways we can do that uh and then allowed the guys to uh share to their own instagrams uh by a couple of different like story taggings and then other placements so it was good i saw every, they were all pretty active on the stories and and tiktoks sharing back and forth so that's how i yeah how i knew what was going on for the most part and then seeing the raw footage at the end of it but it seems like uh it worked right like it it, yeah, it, it's so much easier when you're all tagging each other and sharing stuff. It's like super easy to get that information out there and hit all the demographics, right? Like expand both drivers' bases. Yeah, essentially, what we ended up doing is I created a, a TikTok per day, and I shot everything out just on my phone, and then edited in TikTok's own app, and then I would share that to my story, tag them, anybody else that's in it, and then they could also basically download from tiktok and then post it natively on there as it was ready to go but it was watermarked with my thing so it wasn't it wasn't you know so much about like getting me more followers or anything else one it was my discipline to make a tiktok per day and then it was also kind of to see what that influence was like to see because my own personal tiktok did not have a lot does not have a lot of followers to see if that translate to anybody going back and it really didn't to be honest with you like i saw no tangible lift i did though by sharing stories, see a pretty tangible lift in Norwegian followers on my own personal um, uh, Instagram account that I was sharing them from. So it seems to be um, just from going over the data and stuff that we've had with working with Simon that um, stories do very well uh, with his mm -hmm. fan base in Norway. I don't know if it's it doesn't it's not that it doesn't do well here, but it doesn't do as well here. I think I think what's interesting, especially over in, in Europe on that, is that they are very like Snapchat, Snapchat centric. Um, everybody uses Snapchat. And, and for me, it's not something I use. It's not something we market a lot in, if anything at all. Um, something we're aware of, but like its follower base kind of just went flat like three or four years ago and never hasn't really changed. Yeah. So it seems to be the people that are using it are using it heavily, but then it's never it hasn't really done much outside of that. So. Um, yeah, it was just interesting. Um, so I know some of the stuff got shared back to Snapchat, which was probably somehow, you know, at least logo branded with my own TikTok and stuff. But yeah, it, it was, it was definitely a cool experiment to see how information from, if we, if we provide it from one source, where it goes and what the repercussions of that are and, and how it goes back and forth. So, and in, um, in this instance, it made it easy for those guys, the drivers who are busy working on the cars and stuff to share content that they're involved in and they don't have time to sit and edit or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's watermarked with your logo, but it's still all their content with them in it as well. So it was like, when I saw it, I was like, this is way easier than Jonathan or Simon having to sit down and go through the editing process. You're much quicker at that. I mean, obviously. Mm -hmm. So 
it seemed to be a, a win-win. Yeah, it was good. I mean, uh, there's some things, obviously, we we shot regular footage, not just cell phone footage that we're then going to cut and use for other things. But uh, for something just like quick and dirty, just to get it out there that this is what's happening. Here is up to date what we're doing, you know, good, bad, ugly. Um, yeah, I think it was the most efficient way to get that information out there with the best cross pollination. It wasn't perfect. Maybe I should have cut it in reels and then poured it over to TikTok after. I don't know, uh, but maybe out. we try that next time. Yeah, I think we try that next time. So, but that On may that not note. be as much of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you beat me to uh, it. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah. Do you want to introduce this one? I mean, I sent you the story, but I'll yeah, let you I mean, handle it. Well, because I've also been paying attention to it. So, I mean, we've talked about it a whole bunch in, in the first couple of um, podcasts and personally and professionally that uh, Instagram's push on Reels last year was huge. But a mm-hmm. lot of people were upset about it, um, photographers specifically, that they weren't promoting photos at all. Not just that they were only mm-hmm. pushing reels. Well, that's supposed to change. I mean, from ma- upper management in Instagram, they've said that they're going <laughs> back to pushing photo content, photocentric content. We've noticed that they've changed back their sizing um, so that vertical photos have to be within uh, they can't be nine by 16 anymore they get cropped stuff like that so it's it's seeming like they're taking a step backwards but from what i've noticed just on the small amount of reels and stuff i've personally posted i don't see a drop in how that's being promoted Mm -hmm. so it seems like a good time to be on instagram (laughs) a good time to push there yeah Um, What's interesting, we we talked about this before, and I had made the prediction that Facebook would have been the thing that kind of comes back around. But what's interesting is that it is Instagram, but Facebook seems to be picking up more of this content now and paying creators like pretty heavily. Um, I believe one of the people in our Discord was talking about it, um, just talking about the amount of money he was making just on on Facebook Reels or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he did the reel on Instagram and shared it through Facebook, but essentially he was saying the returns he was getting through Facebook were insane for, yeah, for what it is compared to, he has a YouTube channel as well. And just seeing that, uh, the money come back, he said was crazy through Facebook, which is interesting to note. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've got Jonathan, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the numbers. We've got Jonathan signed up for it. And, and I mean, it's not an, it's not a, it's not a life altering amount of money, but it's also not like an unsubs like it's it's a, it's a chunk like it's a noticeable amount of money in your bank account every month. Like where you're like, oh, shit, I can, you know, do something extra now. Extra money so, is extra money. Right. <clears throat> yeah, Especially, yeah, exactly. Uh, if you're into racing. Right. If that's uh, if that's entry fee to yeah. an event a month, if that's gas, you know, like you just Tank pay fuel for something. something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's it's really interesting. I'm, I'm happy that. Instagram's going back there. Um, I mean, I think, I don't know if this is them conceding to TikTok. Like, I think they're still going to have reels as a part of it. I don't think that's going to ever go away at this point. But uh, I think that they just saw a lot of large celebrities start to like move away from it because of that thing. I, I, I Realistically, like, I think it was either Kim or Khloe Kardashian. I can't believe I'm even bringing this up on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but like, but- they had mentioned how upset they were and... I mean, when you have somebody of that stature in follower accounts start to to make that push, like the audience speaks volumes, right? And and that's where I think they realized while trying to chase this goal of of TikTok, where TikTok has such a stronghold in, and not to mention YouTube Shorts is also fighting in that space now too. So mm-hmm. you're you're all fighting for the same thing that they were actually just losing losing followers and losing like you said these uh, big influencers and stuff from wanting to post because they their pictures weren't doing anything and they're going well if if I, my pictures aren't doing anything and i'm not a video creator i'm gonna find a different way to go about this yeah and and i mean i think we saw i think we saw a lot of it um move into twitter space until i mean elon kind of <laughs> just until twitter blew that, imploded, blew that yeah. whole thing up yeah um I mean, I, I do think that there is a lot there. There's a couple other apps that have come up that have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say put a dent, but gave people an option and at least enough of a threat. Yeah. That, that like, you know, everybody over at Meta went, oh shit. Okay. 
Yeah. Instead of taking away yeah. from competition, we've just created three more competitors. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I mean, and realistically, like if I was Zuckerberg, I'd be looking at that going like, shit, like now I have to buy these companies. Like <laughs> that, now I yeah. have to buy these companies because that's probably what will end up happening. Right. So yeah, not a, not a great move on their part, but I mean, I get it. You had, they kind of tried to go with the, the times, but the, the problem is it's, it's like when you have like a, an older brother or, you know, uh, I mean, even me, like I, I'm not gonna be able to keep up with like what's trending with my kids. And if I try, I'm always going to look like I'm behind. And I think that's what we saw. Yeah. And like I said, there is something to be said in the fact that they actually sat down, looked at the numbers and said, Hey, we're going to take a step back. Told everybody they're taking a step back, like kind of owned. We made a mistake. We're going to do this. Yeah. We're sorry. We're going back to the stuff that, that you guys all like. We're going back to four by five. We're going back to photocentric. We're still going to, we're still going to do reels. So you didn't waste your time, but mm. we're, we're not going to penalize you for, for doing what this application was created for, right? It was, it was created for, for pictures, for photographers to share their, their photos. So taking that away just really, really was a bad move. <laughs> and yeah, at least now it's yeah. going the right way. I mean, valiant effort trying to take on TikTok. I mean, it's tough when, I mean, this is no surprise to anybody that you're, you're basically directly funded by one of the world's largest economies. So that's, that's going to be tough. Although, I mean, Facebook itself probably has, you know, a higher uh, net value than a lot of countries in the world. Um, <laughs> probably, but, but still, yeah. So I, I mean, I don't think it's over yet. I think maybe maybe we see Instagram find a different way to split it off where like you can split feeds or something like that. I could see that becoming a thing. Um, you know, we've even seen hints of that with like YouTube, yeah. you know, the YouTube app itself, like you can go see videos if you're on your phone, right. It's still for web browsing. And I'm somebody who watches YouTube mostly on web. Like it's a little frustrating when I'm trying to look for a video and I just see the, the fucking vertical slack <laughs> short thumbnails. I'm like, yeah, like I want, I just, I want to watch, you know, VFX you artists react. I don't, I don't want to have to like go through and search <laughs> through a bunch of shorts. But from the sounds of it, um, from other publications and stuff that, that I watch, that's what YouTube has reached out to their creators to say, we are separating it. We're going to make it um, yeah. more specific so that you don't get lost because that, I think that's the hardest part. And I think that that might've been what, you know, TikTok does TikTok. That's it. And mm -hmm. Instagram had between the stories reels and and regular posting you're you're trying to mesh everything together so i think youtube is trying to instead of having all three um, because they're also supposed to be working on a podcast platform as well that they're yeah. they're going to separate them all out into separate feeds so you're not just when you click on somebody's account you're not just inundated with like if you go onto my, my youtube i haven't posted long form content in a while but i've got like 30 shorts on there well, if you actually yeah. wanted to watch something, you got to scroll through all of the stuff that I post because it's 30 seconds long to get to any long form content, right? What was interesting, I, I saw this the other day, I saw a horizontal video on TikTok and there was a little button in the bottom right that said like fit screen or something along those lines. And it, it actually rotated it and put it really? horizontal. So I'm wondering with, with new character limits being longer with you know, the actual record time being longer. And now with this new feature and I, and admittedly, I completely forgot about it until right now. So I should probably dig into this a little more. Like, are they, are they going to go after YouTube that hard? Like, will we start to see that? Cause like, admittedly, there's a video I'm going to be filming for piston head probably in two weeks. Um, and I'm sitting there going like, where do I post it? it? <laughs> like, why don't I just, if they're going to allow me to do it, it's probably going to be 14 to 18 minutes long. Like, can I just, should I just post on TikTok as a long form video as well? And like, maybe make some clips out of it or something, but like, why not? Right. Like if it allows me to, cause we used to do it with like IGTV, there's a throwback for you. <laughs> we used to post them there too. And on Facebook. And I remember having the conversation with the other two guys at Piston Head and them being like, well, YouTube is what makes us money. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's not that much. <laughs> yeah, so like, why not just post it everywhere a month then whatever, but yeah. 
and we we kind of came to the conclusion like you know it just posted everywhere we just need exposure like the money's not the issue it's the exposure that's the issue at this point yeah so yeah i mean if they do it if they allow for it i'll do it uh, i'll post it i might even just go back and upload our whole back catalog fuck it at the end of the day for us we're in that unique position where we could take personal accounts for testing anyways oh i know <laughs> right so it's kind of a why not it's there's a, nothing to it's lose. a blessing and a curse because like you and i have multiple projects of things and channels <laughs> and stuff like me personally i've got like four and like other ones i emailed I you about say, one about to be one more right <laughs> uh that one i can't talk yeah, about in secret ever <laughs> yeah super secret project that'll never get released to the public um but yeah that one like that's the thing i uh, i don't know ideas i wish i wish <laughs> i w- no ideas are not the problem no. it's time i wish honestly that like if youtube didn't have the algorithm of like you need to make one niche set of things all the time that like you could just create whatever you wanted however you want to do it about any topic about any subject at any run length and any visual format and and just people it fed the, i don't know equally that would be like like my dream. Is that like- would be my dream equal opportunity in the algorithm for your content where it doesn't have to yeah. follow 10 minutes long exactly or it doesn't have to be this niche market to get promoted in this area where it's just kind of more even but then again dude money right i know <laughs> we're I know. marketers we know but like <laughs> i would i would probably create more content if that was the case but i'm always so the how many times how many conversations have we had of like hey where should this live yeah it, it's like, all what, the time. what channel should this go on yeah no, it, it's like, it's 100% true. And like, I struggle with it personally. It's like, well, do you separate stuff? Do you keep your, you know, racing stuff in with your personal yeah. stuff? When I mean, if you're a professional racer, don't like have a separate account, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just it's it's finding that balance. And really, you have to because you have to separate it at this point to an extent because they're only going to promote certain things like we i was talking about this and we'll get to it at the end of a shout out but a friend of ours um took a bit of a branch out to explore sim racing and he has a fairly successful youtube channel in another avenue and he's done tech reviews he's done all this stuff his gear reviews have done well he had to create a second channel completely because every time he did racing stuff on his regular channel it tanked. And I mean, tanked, like where he would yeah. get 10,000, 15,000 views, he'd get 200, 300. And it was actually it detracting other videos. Yep. Yeah. It would tank other videos. Everything after. in the recommended feed goes to crap. It, it was, it's a, yeah. it's an issue. And really he does have a fan base that wants to see that stuff. So he took the avenue of creating an entire second channel and he lets that content live over there. But it's just, it's, it's so strange that you, you would think that, google like youtube would want to promote something from a popular person to everybody but yeah it doesn't appear to be that way you would think but i don't know like i said if there i just i wish there was one place where it just didn't matter and then the hard part is like i could probably just do that on facebook but i have like all all these people on facebook that i don't want seeing certain things like <laughs> yeah that i just don't and like yeah i could create like curated groups where only certain things like i don't fucking time i don't don't. know about you but anytime i post anything working on a car especially when i'm like welding exhaust work or whatever for my own stuff i get at least three or four messages from people i haven't talked to in five six ten years can you build me an exhaust (sighs) if like dude no (laughs) i had i had somebody message me last night just out of the blue and they're like hey um your coffee reviews I'm like, I haven't done a coffee review in over a year. And he's like, oh, and it's just like turned into this business thing. And I, I mean, potentially good thing. Um, but yeah, cause like, oh, shit, what good. are we doing now? No. Yeah. My stuff that people no. message me about stuff. And every time I'm like, you try not to be negative. And you're like, ah, like I'm busy. What Whatever it is, I can't do it. <laughs> I, that's why I make it known that I'm not a good wrench. Like I, I make it very well known that I'm not the person you should call if you need something fixed. Can I fix it? Probably. Like I can generally, I can get most shit done, but I am by no means the expert. So do not call me. (laughs) If you're calling me, it's because you've broken down in Windsor and you know, nobody else. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) They're at the end of the contest. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So cool. Uh, We don't have a creative segue for this one unless you had one. Um, No, 
No, got nothing. <laughs> cool. Uh, F1 liveries. So I don't know how many listeners here are into F1. Um, I admittedly am one of those like drive to survive, jump on people. I will say my grandfather was massive into F1, skipped a generation apparently. And then now I'm, you know, balls deep with the entire U.S. market. Um, but it's livery reveal time, which is which cool. is exciting. Yeah, there's yeah. big changes coming. Right. So, yeah. And as people who, you know, generally seem to be knowledgeable in a, in a small aspect of automotive marketing, something that I, I, I like to pay attention to. There's some cool stuff in there. So the, the one that caught my eye, we'll get to the big one, because, I mean, there's like some real low hanging fruit here. All right. I'll let you um, go because I don't want to spoil it in anything. Okay, okay. The the one that caught my eye, and I know this isn't original, but is the Williams Duracell placement, which is incredible. So if you haven't seen it, because I'm I'm pretty sure that they ran this last year as well in a couple of things, but like it's very predominant now. Like it seems to be bigger at least. I don't know. But basically where the air intake is behind the driver's hood, which is sort of cylindrical. Con- I mean, I think shape, that's yeah. yeah is shaped like a Duracell battery, but it stands out so much. Like it looks like a sore thumb, but because the shape matches the product so well, you're, it's almost forgiven. Yeah. Like normally right? if, if it was anything else, you'd be like, wow, what did they do up there? Cause the rest of the delivery flows with the design of the car. It's very sleek. It's very elegant. Yeah. And then you're like a battery. And then you're like, Oh, that's actually pretty, pretty ingenious. So it's pretty smart. Yeah. yeah. We're talking um, about it. So it worked. Definitely worked. I mean, there's some other really cool liveries that have come out. Uh, obviously, I'm a big fan of the new um, Aston Martin livery. I really like the matte black on it. Um, it looks good. Uh, Alpha Tauri just released theirs. Put a little red in there, which kind of spices it up a bit. Red Bull did absolutely nothing except. <laughs> except. Yeah. Except. Well, except. I'll let you take it from yeah, here. <laughs> that they announced that they're going to be partnering with Ford for their engine program, which is. Yeah very big news huge it's not that uh it's not that big of news to say ford and motorsport but in f1 and behind red bull that that could be a pretty good uh pretty good combination yeah and i mean all the details haven't been released and i know there's a bunch of f1 nerds that that are listening they're like oh it's this it's this. like you probably know it's completely in depth as to probably, all the details yeah. but i but i don't <laughs> um I've I've heard that it may just be like an in-name kind of thing. Like they're not actually going to be doing a lot. It's it's very similar to what's going on, you know, uh, right now with like Aston Martin, um, with Alfa Romeo. Like it, it's it's like a in-name, you know, not yeah, official I mean, doing work. Yeah, it's it's not the same guy that's that you know built the Ford Fusion that's building the engine here. Right, right, <laughs> right. But so one thing that I'd like brought up and it, it when i first actually i talked to jonathan about it and like when i i feel bad because like when i talked with him about it it was still like a developing thought so i probably sounded really stupid <laughs> actually i know i sounded stupid perfect you know one of those like yeah you know when you're like you have a thought and you're trying to get it out while it's still developing in your head and so you have to that's finish what and the more you talk the worse you sound the worse it gets because you're trying to wrap it up but your brain still hasn't wrapped it up yet so hopefully this makes a little <laughs> bit more sense right now so often you see automotive companies collaborate, right? A great example of this is Ford and Mazda, right? Yeah. Um, won't get into all the details, but like, you know, uh, late 80s, early 90s, Ford really sucked to like turbocharged technology. Mazda had already proven themselves. They wanted to do some collaborations. We saw, I mean, we know this yeah. being big early Mazda 90s guys. Mazda fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my thought, and this kind of got turned on its head recently, but I'm going to continue anyways, is... Uh, Honda obviously was the engine supplier for Red Bull. They basically kind of gave them the technology and said, here is a great platform. You can build your own engine program like off of it. Uh, So it is now Red Bull engines. And essentially, Honda kind of gave them everything they needed to, to launch all of that. And from my understanding, there's still some support there as well. But what I'm wondering is um, if ford like kind of comes in and like obviously it's a new engine but like could this set up some sort of honda ford relationship mostly because it's like mutual friends in the same way that like sponsorship often is like a mutual friend thing could this develop into something and it wouldn't be till like 2030 
It's like, yes. this is the most long-term prediction ever, but could that develop into something like that? It would be interesting. I mean, Honda isn't really known for doing a ton of collaborative work um, just because right. they have, they have so many segments that they are the dominant leader in. Um, mm-hmm. But it would definitely be interesting, right? Like, I don't know. I, de- I never even like, thought of it. This is an inter- interesting thought and interesting perspective because like, I didn't think of it that way, but it's, it's not, you know, off the books. Like I'm sure in the seventies and eighties, people are like, Oh man, Volvo would never pair with Ford. <laughs> right. Right. And then right. you're like, huh? So, and then now you can bolt a Volvo twin cam head to a Ford 2.3 liter, which then led to the Ford EcoBoost, which was co-developed in with, mazda and like that's what i mean so it's like, like this whole smorgasbord connected like, to mazda yeah that being said ford has that money especially um to put into racing and they're not afraid of partnerships right like that and that goes all the way right. back to the 60s like which is funny because mm. they had some bad partnerships <laughs> yeah but, they did right <laughs> um but but them being open to that just kind of like helps further other brands and I don't know. I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, it's cool to see Ford. I don't want to say back in racing because Ford's always in racing, but um, that type F- of racing we'll call F1 most people's pinnacle of motorsport. Just to get things spicy in the comments over here. Ooh. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a yeah. huge uh, F F1 guy. I watch it a little bit. But I know. I know. I'm I'm definitely excited to see what happens with Ford. So, yeah, I'm I am very intrigued. I want it to go well i want them to have a stake in development i don't want it to just be putting a logo on something and i, I have a feeling they won't be i mean the hard part though is like you look at something like the v10 era like you know that yeah some iconic stuff going on it's like you guys kind of jumped the shark back then like what the fuck are you gonna do now that's it right so yeah i i don't know we'll we'll see i i either way i'm excited i'm excited to see the rest of the liveries uh, Mercedes is hinted to like a very black livery, which I'm, you know, kind of cool with. But like they also had all these like hints and stuff like that with like painting. So like with like these really interesting blues, similar to my hat. Um, so but I mean, what what I would like to like take away from like, anybody listening is actually looking for like motorsport sponsorship tips is like if you're doing a livery reveal, have some fun with it. Yeah. Like. Don't just like here it is, guys, like tease it like right now we are actively working on a teaser for a client and i've i haven't had <laughs> this much fun in what we're doing in like in a while yeah like i'm excited about it because it's not a you can't lose situation but it's like it's where you can have fun be creative and just yeah. spice it up because the rest of the time you have to be so professional like i know red bull <sighs> had their party for their livery reveal it was cool they had the mock e like we uh like they showed which the F1 drivers a, driving that, which was which crazy. Which has an ASD handbrake in it. Yep. Little, uh, <laughs> little inception there for you, which is yep. why it's on our radar so much. But Exactly. <laughs> no, it's, a, it, it's definitely cool. And like you said, with people working on sponsorships, when you're doing your livery reveal, have fun. Pass it by the sponsors. Sponsors want to see you be excited to show off their name and their product. So yeah, have some fun with it. Go crazy. Make some TikToks. Yeah, like hint stuff, sneak stuff, reveal stuff, leak stuff, whatever. Like, do something, do something fun. Like, just like fuck. We're all it, it always Easter bugs eggs. Me. That's our thing, right? So I, I love Easter eggs. Oh my god, I love I love <laughs> Easter eggs and everything. It's just it's it's somebody's ability to be sneakily creative, and it, there there's like no I I don't know. I think it just like goes back to like when I was a kid. Like I loved finding easter eggs in video games i love finding easter eggs in general like on the ground in the grass shit like that <laughs> um yeah that's why i was so, like when i had kids man i was like oh easter's gonna be fucking awesome like <laughs> this is gonna be a good time so yeah it's eh, just have fun it's, i don't know Can't i don't know where else to go from here no well- where you could go is talking about those people who aren't ready to have liveries because they're having a tough time getting sponsored this year which we have heard a lot unfortunately yeah um so this week this this week that i got back from norway was like i put aside a lot of time to close deals like i was i was on the horn i was making calls emails everything like that it was very much but i was also calling 
like other racing friends and asking like, Hey, how's your year going? And man, like across the board, it is, it is a tough year. It seems very, very late. The deals that are getting made are um, tentative and then being put off and a lot of last minute stuff. There's still deals to be had. That's not, it's not that the sponsorships aren't there. It's just for whatever reason, people are holding on to those dollars <laughs> until the last minute and tentative to sign yeah. contracts. And we're not just talking about grassroots guys everywhere. This goes all the way up the line. Like you said, it, it, with big companies and, and big, uh, big series, even big events, they're having trouble with not necessarily closing the deal, but like just, I guess it is. Yeah. Closing the deal, finalizing it, getting it all yeah. like sorted out. And it's, since I've been paying attention to it, I've never seen anything like this. Normally by January or January, February is when you're announcing stuff. But yeah, well, even just, you know, whatever racing series you're into, like right now, go, go look and like compare this time last year and, and what announcements were happening. And, and then just look at how quiet everything has been. Like it's, it's really quiet. An interesting one to shamelessly plug our own discord. Cause we were talking about this. Um, I think Joseph brought up just how tough it's been on him get all these great, you know, conversations at PRI. And then it came down to closed deals and people started ghosting them. And then another guy jumped in talking about motorcycles, which is not something that we're into. Uh, nothing against it. I think no, those just guys we don't have psychos. The, the, yeah. We don't have the knowledge of the, the scene, right? Yeah. And he was saying that motorcycle, I should probably pull it up before I quote him, but like essentially that motorcycle racing was a different system than what you would normally see in racing where people kind of just got brought onto teams and the teams were mostly self-supported and you just kind of like, if you did well, you got brought onto a team and that's how it worked. And now it is moving into like riders having to bring their sponsors to the teams just to, to get a ride like they're or they're having to pay more for their seats or pay for their seats in general. So, um, which I, I, I did not realize that this was such a changing of the guard or such a shift in the industry there, but, it, I mean, it just it, it shows seems, like it seems so strange because when you look at how easy it is, um, when you look at when you look at how easy it is for people to share content right now, for drivers to share content, you would think the sponsorship side would get slightly easier because it's it's easier to prove your reach. It's easier to prove how hard you're working and how you're how loyal your fan base is. It's easier to get those metrics out because we've sent out pitch decks with metrics that are double last year. And sponsors yeah. are like, I don't know. And you're like, we're not, we're asking for what you gave us last year. And we're showing you we've well, done better. Like, I don't understand what the issue is. And then, I mean, the one that really hit it home for me is we saw a deck come through from a company we work with of a driver that we know uh, that I was under the impression had a much higher value, uh, probably in the order of say four to five times what the title spot oh, was it was less than half of what i expected to see yeah and and like this yeah this is somebody i went like oh okay like this shouldn't be an issue like why is this even coming across like i figured maybe you know just they wanted a, a product thing or they were upgrading something i'm trying to be very vague on purpose here yeah i don't want to but they did better but, last year they had wins they had a yep. good social followings to all the yeah all the growth that would show you the tier that they should be in was a lot higher than what they're asking for and you're going and then huh like we saw what the title price was and i went oh wow okay and you're still looking for that and it's february and again and this like, isn't holy. an entry-level driver this is somebody who has years of experience already who's proven themselves and yeah. it's February and they still need to find their sponsorship now, which yeah. is <laughs> insane. And, and, and just, it's, it's, it's definitely tough. So, I mean, I think the advice I would, I would walk away from for anybody listening is like, do not get discouraged. Do not get upset. Understand that there are other people that are in this. Everybody is in this exact same situation with you, but it also means that you're going to have to get more creative. You're going to have to, differentiate yourself from somebody else you're going to have to offer things that maybe you didn't you you, you didn't think were were necessary um and i think that like we touched on a little bit with a, a little bit with our livery reveal um spiel is yeah. you just need to be creative to stand out because 
you know, there are so many pitch decks coming through. So many people at lower tiers of motorsport are asking for more money based on following and stuff. So you're not having to compete with that. Um, but it's just, like I said, you got, you have to be creative and find a way to get in there, do something that, that everybody else is not doing. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, I think the biggest thing that I've seen, and this was in a, a recent negotiation was just the amount of content that they wanted. Like, like it was kind of shocking where I'm like, really? Like, this is what <laughs> yeah. you need by the end of the year. I'm like, that's like, that's a lot. Like, <laughs> and we are even for me, that was a lot. Distribute content. Yeah. So, so I, I guess my suggestion for you right now, honestly, and, and this is, this goes back to like an old TikTok. And this is something I've, I've talked about before is find somebody local to you that is a content creator of some kind, hopefully in motorsports, pay them to follow you around in, in whatever way that you guys both deem fair. I'm not going to tell you what they should be paid. I will tell you right now what I got paid when I first started this, which was actually nothing. I just had my expenses covered, which for me at the time, loved it. And if, it, if I didn't do that, it wouldn't be where I am now. So take that how you want. But find somebody who is creative, who creates content in a unique way that you can bring with you racing to produce content for sponsors. That, that's, that is going to be more pinnacle this year than any other year. Because now, if, if you have all these people, more or less, who don't get sponsorships this year, one of two things is going to happen with them. They're going to drop out of racing or they're going to fight harder than they ever have in their entire life for that attention and that sponsorship going into next year and they have more drive than than you do because you have something they want and they're gonna have to recoup the money that they've had to put out this year if they have yeah. it yeah so either i mean yeah I, this is this is it like this is your wake-up call that if you don't have a content plan set up if you don't have a photographer or videographer arranged um this this is it. This is your call. Get that going today. Like, yep. You need to figure that out. So and people are out there. Scro you, scroll TikTok. Search local hashtag like hashtags that have to do with stuff local. Find somebody call. where you're like, hey man, like I really dig what you're doing. Like this is super. This is super neat. I like your take on it. What? How would you feel about coming to the races with me a couple of yeah of weekends a year? You will be surprised at how many people are like would like the challenge with all the creators would be like, yeah, man, that'd be cool. I'd love to see how it goes in the pits. I'm always in the stands. Perfect. Yeah. Get a vest. <laughs> Meet me at the track yeah. these weekends. Boom, boom, boom. And like I said, you might not have to pay anything for it or minimal and you get the content and, and that's where we say like, have fun with it. You can, you can collaborate with this person, about making fun TikToks. Um, and don't just give, I think the other thing too, is don't just give raw, um, useless content to your sponsors or the people you're yep. trying to get sponsorship from they want to be hyped too they don't want to sit there and go what can we do with this to an extent right unless they have a full marketing team but they're gonna go hey they want to be excited about you too make a hype reel send that with your pitch deck yeah. you know it, take the time to show them that you care enough about yourself and your brand for them to invest in you in you and your brand yeah, I, I think that's a, a good point, especially on the content side of things. I mean, we last year cut basically every piece of usable footage into horizontal and vertical for the sponsors to use um, in a tiered fashion based on their sponsorship level. And then also had video uh, packages available. And we'd always in, the, in our post event email say, if you would like this content branded, please reach out and let us know. And some couple of sponsors took us up on it. Most of them didn't. I mean, they're lost because it was basically free <laughs> yeah. video editing services that they passed on. But yeah, and, and I mean, even taking that, like going into this year, I'm looking at this going like, okay, we need to create more content specific to those sponsors. Like, yep. that that's our area for improvement for the drivers we work with going into next year is like, we're going to create content specific for those sponsors. We did it for a few um, on our own accord. And then some were... Uh, them reaching out to us being like, Hey, I need this thing. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. So, but that's what, that's what you have to do because guess what? The guy who's just coming into the series or the guy who's two tiers down is doing that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he's doing. Yeah. And that's how come he's getting the money. That's how come micro influencers or however you want to put it are getting 
their foot in the door is because they're sending videos and and they're making videos that are getting traction and they're 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 showing off products in a more creative way than just on the side of your race car so make it more than just the side of your race car or your helmet or whatever it is yeah logo logo should be a given logo should always be a given it's everything else that makes up the sponsorship proposal so yeah don't ever think that like oh they've got a logo on the car that's fine no 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 that's the worst mentality to have because <laughs> you won't that's... have it on there next year <laughs> no exactly and you can have a pissed off sponsor like yeah it's 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 like i said it's tough you're gonna have to get scrappy you're gonna have to get creative i mean find influences in other places i often look at places like food uh believe it or not gambling like gambling gambling is the most restrictive marketing uh sector that makes the most amount of money gambling makes more money than sports like (laughs) all of them all the sports yeah so if you look at like how gambling markets and like how careful. creative they get <laughs> and careful they get. Yeah. I saw one the other day, which was super funny. And it was Wayne Gretzky talking about like Vegas in Canada, essentially like gambling on sports in Canada, which is funny because he got into a bunch of shit <laughs> for gambling on hockey games. <laughs> but I mean, that's a, that's a, but that's hey. a gambling company going like, hey, if he's cool talking about it and everybody knows that he did this thing, like he's a great representative for what we do. Because it's like it's funny. It's topical. Well, it's not topical, but it's uh, nostalgic, I should say. And people who know what happened are like, holy shit. Right. Like, yeah, those those who don't know what happened go, oh, it's the great one. And then those who do know what happened, are like, oh, shit, Wayne. And then for everybody else, it's just some old dude. Yeah. You know, some other guy hawking products, but (laughs) yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, go, go look at other industries, go look at other, like, don't even look at motorsports. Look at like what horseback riders do for sponsorship stuff. Right. It's a good one. Uh, Man, anything like just look around. There's money out there. Yeah. So speaking of money out there. (laughs) Okay. I don't know how we do this. So admittedly um we did not get an email submission for the channel so we're picking one <laughs> uh, which means get get in there so email us it's what podcast at zzx.digital yep i think i believe so yeah <laughs> no that's definitely so if you have a, that's it so if you have a youtube channel submit it send us links so we can go watch them we can kind of pre-vet it but free shout out this is it free marketing right here yeah so i mean on that note, uh, we're going to talk about our mutual friend, Brian, the Nubifier, yep. who we alluded to earlier, um, yep. and his second channel. Uh, it's Nubifier 2. So I recently went over there this weekend, uh, well, I guess fr- Thursday, Thursday or Friday, um, to cut out of work early. <laughs> I did not. Actually, I worked the full day and drove I, in the, in the I freezing know you rain, did. I sir. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I went over to do uh, a, a live stream for. Uh, the Logitech G series challenge uh, or whatever. So essentially he's been doing a whole bunch of uh, SIM based gear reviews, setups and videos on his second channel, because the main channel, (laughs) as we were talking is a little bit uh, more restricted to his generic content, but it's definitely a good place to go to see all that sort of content. He's built some insane SIM rigs, uh, motion rigs there. You've seen the pictures, you've seen the videos there. Oh, dude. <laughs> Top tier. They're ridiculous. So, yeah. They're absolutely ridiculous. And I'm in this um, wonderful position of being able to not only help him <laughs> develop them and tune them, but I test everything. <laughs> and he's not yeah. as much into drifting and stuff. So I get to go over and and we've actually made a bunch of changes that he's worked with the company for. So he has very interesting and in-depth uh, content over there, as well as just racing and messing around. I think he's going to be getting back to live streaming. Um, couple of times a month both with the logitech challenge i'm gonna head over there and do some some drifting we're testing out more wheels and kind of putting these motion rigs to the to the test seeing if we can break them (laughs) so yeah i figured we gave him a a good shout out to try and get some traffic over there to build his yeah racing side of his uh youtube channel we need to get him into like a legitimate race car at some point I think I think we have to we have to do that. Well, he's always asking me and I'm like, dude, all my cars are broken, so you can come to the track, but we're going to be on a trailer. So, yeah, Ah, man, I'm so 
I, I don't want to like get off Brian's topic because it is really good. I, I'll get to my separate point after after I I play him up a bit more because his <laughs> shit's incredible. He I every time I tell people about Brian, I say, imagine if you didn't have kids and you could spend money on exactly what you always wanted to spend money on. Yeah, and, and that he, that's like, what Brian did. Didn't have to essentially grow up like he could buy the stuff like all the toys when he got into cars it was spend it all on cars i mean i have his old car that there's that's how jacob and i know each other actually it's in the top it's in the top corner of the frame somewhere yeah yeah um but yeah he he takes everything like past so far past where you think it should be that it's like you learn so (laughs) much he has a fully sound treated studio he has the top top of the level camera gear so everything he does is from a, a analytical standpoint so if you're into really in-depth um tech reviews too he does stuff where he will take a brand new controller and he's not just testing it he literally takes it apart yeah <laughs> no warranty you don't have to he, take it apart take the board off see what's going on he is the ultimate of like buy once, cry once. Like it, he does not buy something unless it makes the most amount of sense to a point where it's like, it doesn't make sense anymore. Where I'm like, <laughs> the details you're fighting over are so minute that it makes you, you've wasted more time than the difference it's going to make in your life. Yep. But yeah. like I said, we, we spent, we spent five hours at his place a couple of weeks ago, making sure the sim rig snapped to angle properly in a drift. Yeah, because he couldn't accept my answer of, yeah, it's pretty good. He's like, does it feel real? I'm like, it feels close. Close wasn't good enough. So, yeah, oh, I can see it. Just his face going. <laughs> That's not what I asked you. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's not good enough. We'll fix it. I'll call them. When, he, when, when can you come back? So it's funny like they, that th- this company hadn't um, marketed their stuff for drifting. So in a couple of the games, like a set course as an older game that most drifters use. Um, yeah. it, it couldn't replicate tire slip properly. It just kept jittering. So like we got in contact uh, with them, the engineers wrote new code, sent it to us, plugged it in, and then we were able to make the changes. So that's the type of person he is when he first crazy. did the protege Haltech didn't have software that worked with the uh, trigger system. So he called them and made them make it <laughs> right. So he also got like one of one straight cut gears. So his car could do 300 kilometers an hour. That's right. Like just wild, but which is what uh, we should what do this year. Say. That should be a goal is to take, take this thing to Texas mile or something. See what it'll actually do. I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. We might do, uh, need to work I, on some sponsors, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, I know of a few. I, I tried for you. I sent you the screenshot the other that, day. And I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> no response <laughs> i figured <laughs> oh man no i'm i am very motivated to work on my car i say that but i haven't wrenched on it since um we started working on getting a new ownership for it so that's good yeah i mean step we're one. preliminary steps in so that's good yeah because we have to go drifting yeah. together and at the very least those are you own a drift car that runs i own a drift car that runs ish yeah i I very much have to put a new engine in my truck before that BMW gets any more attention. So I calculated the fuel economy today because the speedo is off and it's bad. Yeah. I drove to Toronto and back on a tank of fuel. So that was like, yeah, $260 in fuel in one trip. Wow. That was great. Yeah. Couldn't fit an underground parking. It's a great time. Um, But I did source a new engine for it. So I think not next weekend, the weekend after and head to Randy's and put a new Cummins in it. I'll see if I can make it new, to help to you. Me. I might not be able to just with, you know, the fact that Let, I live in the, yeah, in the promised land over here. I forgive you. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, I will. It, it, it also just has to happen. Like, I don't yeah. know if it will happen. Like that's my plan, but I mean, that means I have to drive the truck there, get an engine, drive it another three hours to somewhere else to swap it in. And then nothing goes wrong. And put yourself in a no fail scenario home. where it's not that That's you can't exactly. fail. It's that you have, don't have the ability to fail. <laughs> no, I can fail. But then I have to call my wife to come pick me up three hours like away said, with our kids. Can't fail. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the goal. So we'll see. Are we trying to like stretch this for the next 30 seconds? Because I, I know you looked. looked at it too. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was looking at uh, messages I, I was getting. Oh, okay. Well, was, we have like 20 seconds Brian, left. Any- which is funny. And then another friend. Of so course it ahead. is. Um, anyways, if you guys like this, share something with a friend. 
I mean, if you listen this far, you got to like a little bit of it. So, And uh, comment on Jacob's new microphone, how sick it sounds. Yes. So much work. So much work. (laughs) So gravelly. All right. I'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye.